Welcome to Grain Talk, a podcast by Grain Farmers of Ontario. I'm Rachel Telford. And I'm Paige Miller. The Grain Talk podcast can be found on Apple iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. Please rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite platform. In this episode of Grain Talk, we talk to past participants of the American Soybean Association Cortava Young Leader Program. Applications for the 2022 program are now being accepted, and Jeff Harrison and Chris Runwick share their experience and encourage others to apply. I will have a conversation with Brendan Burney, Chair of Grain Farmers of Ontario's Board of Directors. And this week we spotlight HR on the Farm tips from the Canadian Agriculture Human Resource Council. First, a Grain Talk news update. Wheat harvest has started in many areas of Ontario, and weather conditions are dampening harvest progress on some of this year's crop. There are ongoing concerns about lodged wheat, test weights, and grading. Grain Farmers of Ontario has met with AgriCorps and farmer members are encouraged to reach out individually to discuss options. According to AgriCorps, they will continue to look at full yield potential and actual yield benchmarked against yield history to determine if production is below average. A claim is paid if the final yield falls below a customer's guaranteed average. There is a threat of test weight losses and yield reduction if this crop sits out in the field too long. If you are experiencing high levels of rain and humidity, it is worth taking a walk through your wheat fields that are mature and ready for harvest. Looking for sprouting and disease pressures, prioritizing your harvest to keep good quality wheat separate as poor quality mixed in could lower your grade. AgriCore applies a quality factor when excess rain results in wheat being downgraded to grade 3 or feed grade. Connect with your elevator prior to delivery to test the sample and to understand your options and their grading process and criteria. Grain Farmers of Ontario has contributed $30,000 to the University of Guelph Richtown Campus Agri-Food Entrance Scholarship Program. The new Entrance Scholarship Program will encourage students to pursue their education and careers in diploma programs focused on the environment, plants, and animals. It will offer scholarships of $1,500 to recognize the academic success of students entering the associate diplomas in agriculture, horticulture, or environmental management programs. For more information on the Ridgetown Agri-Food Entrance Scholarship Program, please contact Allison McMahon, Students' Financial Aid and Awards Counselor at rcawards at uoguelph.ca. Diagnostic days are here again. Grain Farmers of Ontario is pleased to support the 2021 Ontario Virtual Crop Diagnostic Days. This series follows the success of last year's online videos and continues the long tradition of annual field events held at Ridgetown, Alora, and Winchester, just in a different format. A new field crop agronomy topic will be presented every two weeks until October 26th. The first segment aired this week, featuring weed specialist duo Dr. Peter Sikama, University of Guelph Ridgetown campus, and Mike Cobra, OMAFRA, taking on the hot topics in weed management and answering questions. Registration is only required if applying for CEU credits. All episodes will be available at realagriculture.com slash Ontario Diagnostic Days, fieldcropnews.com, as well as Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube, or download the podcast for listening offline. And now, here's my conversation with Jeff Harrison and Chris Runwick. Grain Farmers of Ontario is currently accepting applications for the 2022 American Soybean Association Corteva Young Leader Program. ASA has 26 state affiliates, including Grain Farmers of Ontario, and one actively farming couple from our province is selected to attend the program each year. Participants in the program engage in leadership training that helps them with their farm business and other organizations they serve. 
they gain tools to better enable them to tell their own farming story and also connect with soybean farmers from across the U.S. And we have a couple of past participants of the program joining us today. I'd like to introduce Jeff Harrison and Chris Renwick. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having us. Good morning, Rachel. Thank you. I just want to start, I guess, with a little bit of an introduction about the two of you. Um, tell me a little bit about your farm, uh, what you farm, where you are. Uh, Jeff, why don't we start with you? Yeah, well, I farm in uh, the Trenton area, municipality referred to as Quinney West, in uh, the middle part of our province, about an hour east of Toronto. I uh, a family farm. We grow corn, soybeans, wheat. So our primary focus here is grain farming, but we also have uh, uh, beef cattle on my father's farm and uh yeah, I have a family of four and my wife, uh, Janie, and my sons, uh, Michael, uh, Brian, Charlie, and my daughter, Rachel. And uh, yeah, we're just proud grain farmers in this province. And Chris, how about yourself? So we farm in uh, just outside of Wheatley, Ontario, in Chatham-Kent, right on the north shore of Lake Erie. And our family farm celebrated 200 years in uh, 2020. Uh, we're still waiting to kind of celebrate that, but uh it's been a been an on hold for a couple of years. We uh, farm corn, soybeans, and wheat as Jeff does, and uh, do a small roadside stand for our kids, where we do some gladiolas, pumpkins, zucchini, and uh, any other small things that we've got in our garden. So uh, that's kind of our our uh, family farm. We've got uh, my wife Rachel and I have three kids: uh, Melise, Sadie, and Sean. And uh, so they help out uh, around the farm as much as possible. American Soybean Association Corteva Young Leader Program, it's a two-part leadership program designed to train new and innovative and engaged growers, um, you know, to serve as a sort of a voice for soybean growers and, you know, provide that leadership training experience. Um, you know, that's uh, kind of what ASA says the program is about. Can you explain in your own words um, what the um, Young Leader Program is? The Young Leader Program is a is a, a great program that we were involved with uh, a couple of years ago now. It gives the opportunity to learn from other people, other peers. It also gives an opportunity to uh, learn from some high quality speakers that come in and talk about different parts of leadership. Uh, I think uh, it's a great program to be able to travel a little bit, be able to meet some new people and uh, be able to experience some opportunities that are out there as far as uh, increasing your leadership qualities and uh, hopefully become a leader in, uh, in your local area or in our provincial uh, association of GFO. The program uh, being a two-part program, we, we did our first part in Indianapolis and uh, kind of got to know the people that were there a little bit and uh, then had the opportunity to kind of reunite with them again uh, in uh, San Antonio, Texas uh, at the Commodity Classic. And so that was uh, really a neat time to be able to, to bounce some information off of them and uh, get to know them a little bit better, but also to uh, learn about some more leadership opportunities that are there and uh, what we could do to increase our leadership skills. Oh, like really just to add to what Chris said, it's an opportunity that uh, we were fortunate to be given, my wife and I, and, and, and we as farmers here in Ontario are part of the American Soybean Association. So you're actively engaged with, uh, you know, 
leaders, uh, young leaders, uh, producers from all the representing states uh, of the ASA. So, so you get the opportunity to meet some great people, to learn uh, about their ways and, and their production methods, and, and most importantly, the, the politics of agriculture that's involved in each of their areas. And so it's an opportunity to learn, uh, add to your leadership skills. We were uh, a part of the two-part program as well, and, and our first uh, half was in Des Moines, Iowa at the Carver Center. And, you know, there's a lot of opportunities there that you have for some in-house training. And, and then our second half was at, the, as well, San Antonio, Texas. So just, just a, a, gr a great program and put on some, by some very hardworking people that, uh, that, that have a vested interest in helping you develop your leadership skills. And I think we should clarify also that it's called the Young Leader Program, but there's no age restriction in terms of a, a cap for age other than, you know, you have to do be over 21. Um, and so I think you guys are both examples of established farmers with kids, as you've mentioned, um, you know, who have taken this program. Um, did you think that your age made a difference and, you know, were family commitments a challenge because of the fact that you guys have kids? And, you know, I know it's not just yourselves taking the program, it's also your spouses as well. As you mentioned, Jeff, your wife participated with you. So so sort of how did that affect um, your involvement in the program? Like a lot of farms, we have, we're blessed with some, uh, some backup at home, right? We have grandparents and, and aunts and uncles that are always willing. My children, uh, yes, we're, we're definitely a little bit younger. And, and so it was, a, you know, a commitment to go, but, but well worth the time away, the opportunity that we were given and the, and the experiences that we, we gained. Were, were well worth the challenges that we had to deal with as far as family at home. Yeah, we experienced uh, kind of the same as Jeff. It was, uh, you know, at the time our kids were uh, 15, 13, and 9, so they had other commitments, whether it was hockey or uh, school and all those other commitments that go with it. But, um, you know, I remember one of the things that started us off, I mentioned it to uh, to my wife, Rachel, and she said, uh, I don't know if it's something for me, you know, I I like agriculture and I enjoy it, but you know, you guys want to talk about all the farming stuff all the time. I don't know if it's really for me. And I pushed her a little bit to, uh, to be involved. And I said, if, no, if nothing else, it's an opportunity for us as a couple to get away from the kids for a few days and, and maybe try something different. And uh, she said after, she was really glad that I pushed her to do it because uh, we got to, to meet some really great people and be able to do something different. And it, and it wasn't like that at all. There was opportunities to talk about other things. And uh, one of the funny parts was we sat down at dinner one night and uh, one of the wives had made a comment that uh, this was a no farming discussion table. <laughs> and so we had to find other things to talk about other than farming, which was great because uh, we talked about, us being from Canada, the only one, or Ontario, and uh, the, the conversation somehow led to uh, the 30-minute difference in time in Newfoundland. And so there were opportunities there where it wasn't just about farming. It was about getting to know other people and, and being a leader from your area. And uh, that, that kind of is a reminder to others that just because maybe farming isn't the the spouse's uh, main thing, they're still involved and there's still a lot for them to add to the conversation. 
and be involved in that whole process. So yes, definitely a commitment and be able to get away twice within the same year. Um, kids with other activities, you do rely on others to give you a hand and hopefully be able to, to make that happen. But I think it's well worth it. You mentioned, Chris, having to sort of convince your wife to go. So why did you want to participate in the program? Well, you mentioned, um, you know, being younger. Uh, as, as the younger comment, I remember uh, mentioning to Mel Riki as she tried to convince me to, uh, to put my application in, am I still a young farmer? And uh, yeah, when we look back, we were just over the age of 40. And you wonder, are you still considered young? But in the agriculture world, I think that is. Um, I felt that it was important because I think that GFO and other associations, uh, whether it's a, a local sports association or whatever, needs people to step up and, and lead those organizations. And I think it's um, the ability to be able to learn a little bit more about how you can communicate with those people and be involved with those people and be a leader is important to those organizations. And uh, for us to be able to take that piece of information and kind of add it to what we are, had already learned, even though, yes, we were uh, established and uh, moving along, but it sometimes maybe takes a little while to get comfortable with what you're doing and be able to add to that as you go forward. And uh, I wouldn't hesitate to go back and do that program again, even though uh, as the years go on, I'm probably not as young as I was. How about you, Jeff? What was it for you that made you want to participate? Well, I have a real interest in, uh, you know, farm advocacy and understanding how uh, that challenge is met in other parts of the world and, and especially our neighbors to the south. So I looked at it as a real opportunity to learn. And, uh, you know, a little bit, little bit different than Chris, um, I, my wife had no hesitation. She, when it comes to traveling, my wife uh, has her bags packed and ready to go at a moment's notice. So it's not a problem, but, uh, she, she took a real interest in, and, and, you know, to add to what Chris mentioned, there's, there's a lot of things that are, uh, a lot of learning points that aren't necessarily, uh, only pertinent to agriculture. Uh, you know, a lot of the, 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 the programs that we went through, the the, the discussions, uh, the the learnings, they weren't uh, they weren't always only in specifics to 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 production, agriculture, or farming, and and a, and a lot of things had a lot of value that uh, we could take away from that and, and apply to all aspects of our lives, and, and especially you know as we look to be farm leaders in in, in whatever we're doing, so yeah, I I just I I, I knew of the program. And I understood it a bit, and I and I had a real interest in what they what they were uh, teaching, and so I I looked at it as a as a great opportunity. Jeff, you mentioned learning things at the program other than agriculture specific, and I remember when we wrote an article about your experience for the Ontario Grain Farmer Magazine, you mentioned that there was one of those DISC assessments, and the DISC assessment is a personality assessment. Um, do you remember taking that uh, assessment and, and what you learned from that? Well, yes, I do remember that. And and not only was there, you know, those personality traits and, and I found that very valuable, but there was several other sessions, especially uh, dealing with media 
that I, I to this day use the tactics that were taught in that course. But as far as the personality traits, you'll learn that uh, it's it's a miracle that your wife and you are married, and often the <laughs> the, per, the personality traits sometimes clash, and, and that's just they use that as as a as a way of understanding each other, and it and that is in order to help you understand the people that you may be dealing with in your business life, in your organization's life or personal, uh, your personal life, uh, just to help you understand the characteristics that cause you to react certain ways that cause them to react certain ways and, and provide value to you on how to deal with those situations positively. And, uh, you know, the, the, the media training, I, I still to this day, you know, bridge and pivot, bridge and pivot. We're often uh, questions put before us as farmers, whether it's, you know, a given situation, whether we're in a drought or a wet year or low commodity prices or how government is dealing with us. And and often we have opportunities that, you know, maybe a, a, a media outlet, a newspaper, a radio may want a question answered. And and some of those questions can be difficult. And, and, and you may need to use those tools to, to answer, you know, properly and, and, and an answer that will benefit your producers that you're representing. So yeah, a lot of skills were learned and I, and I appreciated all of those. Now we should mention, um, Jeff, that you, you are um, the director for district 12, Durham, Northumberland, Portha, Peterborough, Hastings, and Chris, you're a delegate for our district two Kent. Um, how have you used what you learned during the ASA Young Leader Program in your roles with our organization? Jeff, I know you've done some media calls, so obviously what you've just explained there in terms of uh, that media knowledge is probably helpful. But Chris, what about you? Well, even before I participated in the program, I spent some time uh, going around through uh, the local Ag in the Classroom program and talking to different schools and other uh, other speaking opportunities that I got in the area just to be able to promote agriculture. And, uh, you know, I, I remember hearing on the radio one time that our job as producers may not be to educate people, but to engage them. And I felt that uh, maybe that was an important thing to try to get kids um, engaged in what we were doing. And uh, that was a great place to start. And it's always difficult sometimes when you go there and you get a a conversation going or a comment from a, a younger student that just doesn't fit at all when it talks about what we actually do. And so I think that that was a, a part of it. Um, I have done some, uh, some media stuff. I was involved with uh, real farm lives uh, there, their uh, program to try to promote agriculture across Canada. That was a, that was a great experience. But uh, you know, one of the things that I remember them telling us there was when you, when you go into a room of people, a, a great leader likes to move around in that room and not sit at the same table and maybe make yourself a little uncomfortable. Maybe it's not sit with the same people that you knew since you were in college. Uh, maybe it's a, a group of producers or a group of people that you haven't met or you know one or two of them at the table. And uh, that was a, an opportunity for you to be able to get to know them, um, maybe bring a little bit of information to the conversation or just listen sometimes to what they had to say. And I think as a as a delegate, that was something that I've learned and, and have tried to do that when we, you know, obviously we haven't had a whole lot of in-person meetings here in the last little while. So that's been a little more difficult. But uh, um, as we get back to that, that's something to remember to try to engage with other people and maybe not stick to the same 
group that maybe you would do. And, and, and that's, that's a habit and that's an easy thing to do when we go to a meeting is to sit with people that we know and we, we want to talk to, but uh, sometimes it's great to open it up and, and try something new. The reason why we're having this conversation about the ASA Corteva Young Leader Program is Melriki, our manager of member relations, is currently right now seeking new applicants for the program so that we can send uh, a couple from Ontario to participate in the upcoming program for 2021-2022. Now, sometimes an application for a program like this can be a bit daunting. Um, in this particular case, you do need to fill out questions about your farm operation, your soybean growing and marketing practices, your goals for your farm and even what are you, what you view as the top issues in the soybean industry. So, you know, looking at an application like that, that might put some people up. So I'm wondering if you guys can give some advice to people who might be thinking, hey, this program sounds interesting. Maybe I want to apply. But then they see that application form. You know, how did you approach answering those questions? Well, my suggestion to those folks would be not to be intimidated. You know, no one is judging. It's, it's, it's not a contest. You know, really open yourself up and, and, and talk about yourself, talk about your operation. And, you know, part of that application would be really to show your desire to improve your leadership skills. Uh, you know, your desire to represent uh, Canada at the ASA, uh, you know, in, with good standing and, and, and good attributes and good, good qualities. But not to be intimidated by it, not be scared or, you know, ask for help. Uh, you know, speak to people that have done it before and, and really, you know, try to get yourself, put yourself out there so that you can, this is a great opportunity, right? And, and this is not something that should be passed up simply because, uh, you know, you're intimidated, intimidated by an application process. I, I totally agree with Jeff. You know, that uh, application should not be intimidating. It's just a, an opportunity for the selection committee to, to get to know who they're sending to the ASA program. And I think that that's, um, yeah, like Jeff said, an opportunity to open up and tell a little bit about yours. And I think that's that's part of becoming a leader is being able to talk about what you do and why you do it. And that way uh, people can understand where you're coming from when you get out there. Uh, but yeah, no intimidation there. It's, uh, it's pretty straightforward, I would say. And um, I don't think there's anything there to hide. And, and they're just looking to see how you fit into that whole leadership program and uh, you know, where you, where you fit with everyone else that's uh, wanting to get into that program, but great opportunity to, to go and do it and uh, meet some new people. That's uh, that's, that's a great opportunity to be able to get into and uh, you won't regret it. That's for sure. Do you have any other words of advice or encouragement to someone who is thinking about applying like what gave you the, the final push to apply? Did, did somebody in particular encourage you or, or sort of what, you know, made you think, yes, I am going to do this program. I want to do this program. Well, Mel kind of pushed me over the edge a little bit, I guess. We happened to be at a, I happened to be in Guelph for a, another meeting and uh, she mentioned to me about this program and I had seen it in a newsletter or something that had come out from GFO and, and I kind of was interested. And uh, after she kind of pushed me a little bit, I thought eh, maybe it's something I should look into and uh, I think that everyone that was involved in that program was top notch. I think that it's a great opportunity for you to get to know people from across the U.S. We still stay in touch. Um, social media has been great for that type of stuff, whether it's Snapchat or Instagram or whatever. You can send some pictures, but you can also see the kinds of things that they're going through and the opportunities that they have 
And sometimes it's great to talk to someone from a different area that, you know, shares the same issues that you do. And uh, you can kind of talk to them a little bit uh, without having to be concerned about what you say, but uh, you can talk about things that are going on in their lives and going on in their operations that are probably relate to yours quite well. And uh, sometimes that third party opportunity to talk to someone like that is, is a great feeling. Jeff, how about you? Well, really what I would say to, to young candidates that uh, in our province that are already, you know, leaders or looking to be leaders to do a little bit of homework on the American Soybean Association. They do incredible work on behalf of their producers, uh, their membership, and uh, the, and specific to their commodity. They accomplish great things, and they, you know, we all can learn from them, learn with them. So I would encourage people to have a look at, you know, they have an online presence, uh, you know, explain a lot about what they do and uh, learn about them. And uh, it's an opportunity, uh, a chance to improve your leadership skills and, and take advantage of that and apply. Now, there are a lot of different leadership programs within agriculture, outside of agriculture. Why is ag leadership training important? When it comes to ag leadership and and, and involvement in, in representing your uh, farmer members, there is, isn't enough of us to make a loud voice. So the few of us that are in agriculture need to be louder. And so uh, it, we need leaders. We need people that want to take our industry to, to, to new heights and work hard uh, for the greater good. And, uh, you know, there's many of us that have that passion, that drive, that want to see this industry uh, continue to flourish. You know, I, I'm very proud of agriculture in our country. I'm proud of agriculture in our province. Uh, I'm proud of the people that, that are involved in it. And I want to see that stay strong and healthy and, and, and continue to be vibrant. You know, we, we, we produce great food in this country and great food in this province. And, and our citizens enjoy the luxury of having safe, good quality food all the time in abundance uh, and, and generally speaking at an affordable price. And so, uh, yeah, I, I'm just, I'm proud of, proud of agriculture and, and, and we need leaders to, uh, that, that have that same pride and, and want to drive this industry. Yeah, I think a little bit of focus on the agriculture part is important. Um, you know, being a great leader is, is uh, across many different industries. But agriculture has a little bit of sensitivity to it, I believe. Um, we need people to speak up, as Jeff said, and be, and be leaders. But sometimes we just have to be careful what we say and when we say it, and that we say it the right way. And we're using a lot of science when we do our, our decision-making. We're using a lot of consultants and other uh, people in our industry to help us with what we're doing. And I think that the people outside of agriculture don't understand that. Sometimes they feel maybe that um, we're just doing things because that's the way we've always done it. And that seems to work for us. And I don't think the understanding of how much research and how much uh, science goes into what we do and being able to portray that or, or make that known to other people is very important. So I think that uh, 
just having that little bit of agriculture portion of the training is is a plus and that just helps us to try to solidify how we're thinking and and how are we going to get that information across to others because i think that's important um, Jeff mentioned the the safe and healthy food that uh, nutritious food that we're producing every day here in Ontario, and uh, you know, hey, we've got some of the the cheapest food that's the highest quality in the world, and that is something that we need to continue to promote as ag leaders or just agriculture people in general, and uh, that that to me is is why the ag portion of that training is 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 a little more important in our industry. Well, I want to thank you both for talking about your experience with the ASA Kratava Young Leader Program. And, and hopefully we'll get lots of other uh, farmers interested in participating in that program. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Look forward to the next candidate. If you're interested in applying for the 2022 American Soybean Association Cortava Young Leader Program, please reach out to Mel Riki, our Manager of Member Relations. You can contact her by email at mriki at gfo.ca, or you can apply directly. Um, just go to soygrowers.com and look for the Young Leader Program information there. The deadline for applications is September 1st, and of course, participation in the program is subject to the lifting of any COVID-19 restrictions that may exist on cross-border travel. Joining me today on the Grain Talk podcast is Chair of Grain Farmers of Ontario, Brendan Burney. Welcome, Brendan. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm well, thank you. So just, I know we had you on the podcast just a couple of weeks ago, kind of giving a bit of an update, but... We figured we'd have you back to talk about what's kind of on everybody's mind now, um, and that is wheat harvest. So what's going on across Ontario when it comes to wheat harvest? Well, it seems to be that uh, the weather's really affected wheat harvest, maybe more so than it has in past years. I know down here it looked like uh, it was going to be an early start to the wheat. Uh, for some guys it was, but uh, in general the moisture was kind of hovering a little high, so didn't get too far into it, and then we've had a lot of rain. Uh, we got another two and a half inches uh, just a few days ago. So it's been kind of fits and spurts where we've been starting, but I know that I've seen quality issues uh, popping up on, on Twitter or members have called uh, to discuss them. We've seen some of the real dry conditions, which have caused uh, a couple fires that I've seen on, uh, on Twitter uh, and one locally here that took about 60 acres of crop uh, in a fire. So it's been uh, an eventful uh, stress-filled uh, uh, wheat harvest thus far. I yeah, I agree. I've seen quite a lot on Twitter about what's going on with wheat harvest and, and moisture numbers that are a little bit higher than what I'm sure people would like to be taking their wheat off at. Um, so what should farmers be doing if they're, they run into issues with their wheat and their grades and all of that stuff? Well, I think in general, uh, I know we did put out kind of a communication uh, to our delegates and as well, we posted on the website and on Twitter. Uh, there's a bunch of different things you can do. Um, not all of them are going to work for each person, but it's kind of giving you a, a wide range of, of things, including like talk to your, your delivery point uh, at the elevator there and, and see what is going on, what they're seeing. Um, communicate with them as to how it's it's going in your field bring them samples so you know exactly what to expect when you are bringing it in uh, to delivery uh, if you're not happy with the 
the grade or, or what it's looking like. You can also shop that around to a couple other places if they are local or, or send it in for uh, like a, a second opinion. But we all know it's kind of timeliness when you're wanting to deliver. And in some cases, there's not, not as many options as you would maybe like. But keep an eye on your own fields. If you are able to go when the moisture is higher, uh, you might be able to to take it off, still pay the the drying charge, uh, but avoid some of the uh, the discounts in terms of quality. There are options for farmers that have the option to go now, or if they need to wait a little bit, there's not that there there's that urgency, but it's not detrimental at this point. Am I correct? Well, in some cases, it it can be. Uh, be at that point where it's it's already kind of detrimental i know we are hearing of some areas where most everything is feed grade um so i think it's kind of giving a heads up to the people that maybe haven't quite started yet uh to keep an eye out on their their wheat crop uh the conditions are ripe for for sprouting and disease and whatnot in the fields with the way that uh there's been some wide sweeping rainstorms come in and then some humid hot days following so it's just kind of keep an eye on on what's going on in your individual field and stay in contact with uh, the people that you would deal with. I know we kind of just spoke a little bit about what's going on in southern Ontario but let's kind of take a moment to talk about what's going on in northern Ontario. I know a few farmers are saying that it's very very dry and that they're seeing some losses already. Yeah I I participated um, in listening with the uh, the OFA had a, a webinar yesterday on that Northern Ontario and they did have Minister Thompson on as well. And, and she's aware of what's going on is communicating to, to Minister Bevo as well on behalf of that region. And I really feel for the farmers up there. Uh, you have cattle farmers that, that don't have any options for feed. You've got some uh, grain areas where I know, uh, one farmer in particular was talking about his oat crop and, and talking to Agricore and saying it's it's a zero, like there there's nothing on the plan. It's not going to produce anything based on how dry it's been. Uh, so it's you try to have that outlook where you keep an eye on all of Ontario and whatever's going on in your region is important to you. But whatever's going on in the other region is important to us as grain farmers of Ontario and if there are things that we can do to help, whether it's communicating to Agricor or, or helping to, to figure some of these pieces out, uh, we're more than willing to have those conversations with the members that are growing in those regions that have been really hard hit by the drought. Um, so I think kind of going back to what we talked about during wheat harvest is also applicable here is communication in a lot of uh, areas is key. So if you communicate to us uh, what's going on, if if I'm ways away from you I might not exactly uh, understand it uh, as good as you would with it in your backyard so communicate with our office uh, with myself personally and and let us know if there are ways to help we have uh, we were in communication and still are with OFA and the beef farmers of Ontario Uh, we kind of helped put that webinar together that uh, discussion so we are trying to to do what we can but um the weather is one of those things that's that's out of our control but if there are issues that we can help control we're more than willing to step in and help exactly well thank you brendan for taking the time out of your day to uh, sit down and have a conversation with me about what's going on with wheat harvest and just in general across ontario when it comes to grain crops i appreciate it no problem at all uh thank you for doing it and stay safe everybody
Grain Farmers of Ontario's HR on the Farm resources are provided to make it easier for farmer members growing their business and hiring employees. We have partnered with the Canadian Agriculture Human Resource Council, which offers an HR toolkit designed for farmers. Jade Reeve, Manager of AgriJobs, explains the help it provides. The HR Toolkit is an online resource and it's got a lot of information to explain the theory behind how to implement HR planning and all of the topics. There are nine different chapters that focus on HR management and HR planning, which include health and safety, diversity and inclusion, health and wellness. There's a a recruitment and retention, a big one, of course. So um, it includes downloadable templates that are completely customizable for any size business, any kind of commodity. Because there's a lot of theory in it, we try to make it as interactive and and navigate a a little bit easier through templates and information so that uh, you can get what you need and then go back and read a little bit more if you need more information. It also points to resources that are provincial or federal in terms of uh, current legislation, current uh, human rights codes. We're trying to make things as simple as possible for employers, really try to streamline their HR processes. And because we've done extensive research in agriculture on the jobs in agriculture. We have customized templates for job descriptions, for interview guides, for job ads across 70 different positions, across 20 different commodity groups. So these templates are available and they make your job easier as a farmer being able to hire and recruit. You know, you can you can add or remove things as you see fit within job descriptions or job ads, but you don't have to. Rein, uh, there's no point reinventing the wheel, and and we know how busy employers are, so we really wanted to make that job easier for them, so they could download them, get their job descriptions together, and and make for an easier hiring process as well. You can access the HR toolkit from the Canadian Agriculture Human Resource Council's website. C-A-H-R-C-C-C-R-H-A.ca. Thank you for listening to our Grain Talk podcast. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. For more ways to connect with us, including the latest webinar, market report, and our e-newsletter, go to gfo.ca slash grain talk. A special thank you to our guests this week, Jeff Harrison, Chris Renwick, Brendan Burney, and Jade Reeve. If you've liked what you've heard today, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. And remember, five-star reviews help us grow our audience.